بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful we're starting the lecture now inshallah الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم last night we started with their first misconception and their misconception the first one which we dealt with was that sufficient for us is the book of Allah and that alhamdulillah was refuted and now we go to the second misconception and this is they're saying that the sunnah was never a revelation from Allah rather it is only sayings attributed people attribute these sayings to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam falsely without with with no place whatsoever for revelation and that the only revelation he received was nothing more than the Quran <coughs> some of them want to the extent to say that even if we assume that these ahadith these narrations were authentic then in no way it is mandatory for us to follow because they are not a revelation from Allah one of them even one to the extent also to say that the original thing which does not change nor is altered is the divine revelation only and where we commanded he added to search for this revelation in the Torah or the Injil or Al-Bukhari and Muslim at Tirmidhi, Abi Dawood and Ibn Majah and other chains of narrators and this is what you see also in some of the presentations here on the internet the refutation this is the misconception now to the refutation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said clarifying the reality of the status of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
in proclaiming the deen Allah said the following in Surah Al-Haqqa Surah Al-Haqqa verse 46 وَلَوْ تَقَوَّلَ عَلَيْنَا بَعْضَ الْأَقَاوِيلِ لَأَخَذْنَا مِنْهُ بِالْيَمِينِ ثُمَّ لَقَطَعْنَا مِنْهُ الْوَتِينِ فَمَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ عَنْهُ حَاجِزِينَ In this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what means sixty nine forty six. Uh, not there is uh, let's go to the forty five before it. Yes, yes. Can we have the preceding verse? Yes. In 44. And if he Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want you to uh, focus on the, on the article if. Okay. And if he Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, had forged a false saying concerning us, Allah, we surely would have seized him by his right hand or with power and might and then we certainly would have cut off his life artery, the order and none of you could have withheld us from punishing him and this if is the conditional impossible if this if is the conditional impossible if meaning this would never ever come from the Prophet meaning he would only say what Allah informed him and so for could it be imagined after this clear verse that the Prophet ﷺ would initiate any tahleel or tahreem would initiate any forbiddance or allowability of things or restrict or make details in the religion based upon his desire not to mention that he Muhammad was known as As-Sadiq Al-Ameen the trustworthy the truthful one so his actions his sayings, his recommendations his approvals 
are in agreement with the divine will and there can be no way of him being informed and being connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding these legislations which he declared in fact regarding the code of life which he detailed for the ummah except through the correct understanding of the revelation and thus the sunnah is a revelation because it is information from Allah related by the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the companions acted upon in that which he commanded them which is or which was not present in the Quran and Allah did not punish him for that and you know these verses 69 now 44 to 47 would have that been something which he uttered on his own and this is absolutely impossible but for the sake of argument then this threat is so severe So here the companions act according to what he commands them, do and or restrain from in that which is not mentioned in the Quran and Allah didn't punish him for that nor did Allah punish the companions for their compliance in that which the Quran didn't mention. So, the fact that there was no punishment from Allah on the Prophet or for the companions in this sense is an evidence that whatever came from the Prophet from saying or action or approval which is related to the deen could not have taken place except through revelation from Allah otherwise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy him and destroy his ummah for them to comply with something which Allah did not condone add to the fact that had it not been for the compliance of the early ummah the compliance to the sunnah there would have been no success during the early stages of Islam and Allah would not have praised his prophet by saying in surah al-najm verses 3 and 4 وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى 
ان هو الا وحي يوحى Nor does he speak his own desire. It is only an inspiration that is inspired. Al-Qurtubi said in his tafsir concerning this verse, This verse is evidence, is a proof. That the sunnah is like the revelation. Being inspired from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And it's very possible That what made them Fall into this misconception Is their Incorrect understanding Of the Reality of the Revelation in relation to the sunnah where they thought that the way of revelation regarding it is like that of the Quran oh, this is uh, the one who said this was Al-Qurtubi sister of Ahmed so they thought that the way of the revelation related to the sunnah is the same as that way of revelation Related to the Quran Like The descent of the angel Upon him Then he memorizing it Kept in his Chest Recorded Narrated Consecutively Tawaturan So the difference between the two types of revelation may have caused them to fall into this misconception. And there are really differences. From that is the Quran is ever miraculous in his wording, unlike the Sunnah. And from the difference is that the Quran is recited out of worship its recitation is a form of worship and this is not the case with respect to the Sunnah and it is not permissible to relate the Quran by meaning but this is permissible with respect to the Sunnah Similarly, from the differences is naming the statement in the Quran as a verse and the chapter as a surah, and this is not in the Sunnah. And from that is that the word of the Quran and its meaning is from Allah Azza wa Jal. These are distinctive differences between the 
revelation of the Quran and the inspiration regarding the Sunnah. That of the Sunnah comes in second rank after the Quran. Jibreel was not a mediator السلام, in every detail from the details of the Sunnah as it is in the case of the Quran. And that's why the Wahi of the Sunnah, the revelation of the Sunnah is more general in its reach to the Prophet when it's compared to the reaching of the revelation of the Quran. And that of the Sunnah used to come to the Prophet وسلم, the Wahi of the Sunnah in several forms from inspiration, uh, throwing into his heart uh, the dreams, and from behind a veil, or or by way of the Angel of Revelation. And the Quran mentioned these various forms. In Surah Al-Shura 42-51 وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ أَنْ يُكَلِّمَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا وَحْيًا أَوْ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ أَوْ يُرْسِلَ رَسُولًا It is not given to any human being that Allah would speak to him unless it be by inspiration or from behind the veil or that he sends a messenger to reveal what he wills by his leave. Verily he is most high, most wise. And the revelation of the sunnah did not exceed the understanding of this verse. This is the main points regarding the refutation of this misconcept. We shouldn't even forget, however, that the Prophet said none of you 
none of you reclines on his bed the order comes to him on an affair which I am commanded to do or not to do he says I don't know what is found in the book of Allah we follow and this is what these people are saying aren't they subhanallah yani the prophet والسلام, is telling about them and this is a sign of his prophethood and according to another report he وسلم, said what is found referring to them what is found in the book of Allah as haram as unlawful we pronounce it haram forbidden surely I am given the Quran and its example with it and even in another report the Prophet ﷺ said what the messenger of Allah has forbidden Allah has prohibited it And therefore this hadith as a Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah asserted gives positive evidence that the divine law of Islam meaning the Sharia is not mere Quran but Quran and Sunnah and authentic Sunnah and therefore whoever hold fast to one source for reference to the exclusion of the other he held fast to none of them since both complement each other this is their second misconception their third misconception these people referred to as the deviant Quranites they have another misconception in rejecting the Sunnah and in rejecting its validity in legislation they say that following the Sunnah as they claim leads to committing shirk in judgment in ruling and we know according to them that the Quran prohibits this where Allah says in Surah Al-An'am 6 
57 إن الحكم إلا لله They base it on the misunderstanding of this verse. The decision is only for Allah. He declares the truth and He is the best of judges. So, some of their prominent leaders say incitement or inciting. To follow the sayings and the actions and the approvals of the messengers with the presence of the Book of Allah is something known for a long time but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala freed his messengers and prophets from these narrations rather he made these narrations as kufr and shirk meaning the narrations to follow the prophets and messengers and one of them said people had laid down several ways to revive shirk according to him so they said that we believe that Allah is the one that should be obeyed yet Allah ordered us to follow the messengers so this is an additional following to the original yet Allah didn't really command this when we know that he said in al-hukmu illa lillah the decision is only for Allah so to make it short their misconception therefore says that the legislations or the rulings of the Prophet ﷺ and the decisions is a form of shirk with the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah asserted in Surah Al-An'am that in Al-Hukmu illa lillah the decision is only for Allah the refutation how daring these people are Are the messengers sent or were the messengers sent to revive shirk or to eliminate? And is the ruling by the Sunnah, is it something other than the application of the rulings in the Quran? Listen to this verse. 
in Surah An-Nisa verse 4 I'm sorry verse 65 Allah says You see there they based their argument originally as in al-hukmu illa lillah the decision is only for Allah now here Allah is making it clear that but no by your Lord they can have no true faith until they make you O Muhammad the judge in all disputes between them not only that and find in themselves no resistance against your decisions and accept them with full submission now by Allah I ask you Isn't this a very clear proof? So clear that we don't even have to yani, even clarify anything regarding this matter. It is so indeed for the one who gives heed and ponders and the one who doesn't follow his desires. But by no, by your Lord, they can have no true faith until they make you, O Muhammad. وسلم, judge in all disputes between them would Allah I ask you would Allah be in this case ordering shirk in judgment I ask you would Allah be ordering shirk in judgment I'm asking you could you please answer would Allah be ordering shirk in judgment when he says فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ by Allah, by your Lord they can have no true faith until they take you O Muhammad وسلم, make you judge in all disputes between them so no one would really taste the true faith of Iman if he doesn't accept the decision of Muhammad and not only that in his acceptance or her acceptance there should be no unease no resistance but full submission so would this lead to shirk is this a form of shirk we seek refuge in Allah from what they say then after his death after the Prophet's death, death, then the decision is to, is referred to his Sunnah. Because referring to his Sunnah is referring to him. Because this Quran is until the day of resurrection. And this is part of the command of Allah. Therefore, it is applicable when the Prophet ﷺ was alive and after he died, in the sense it refers to his way.
And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, Alaykum bi sunnati, hold to my sunnah, hold fast. And the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me, hold to them. And this understanding is repeated in many times in the Noble Quran. In fact, in some verses, we hear the following Surah An-Nur chapter 24 verse 51 the only saying of the faithful believers when they are called to Allah and his messenger to judge between them is that they say we hear and we obey and such are the prosperous ones who will live forever in paradise so this is from the qualities of the believers And compare this with the following verse in 2447. The hypocrites compare now, they say, We have believed in Allah and His Messenger Muhammad وسلم, and we obey. Then a party of them turn away thereafter. Such are not believers. And there is no way to know of the Prophet ﷺ's decisions except through the Sunnah. And it cannot be comprehended at all that the Prophet's judgment between people could have been from a way other than the information of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to him. And therefore, the decision of the sunnah returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How could it be? How could it be that the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and his decisions and his rulings could be shirk? 
in rulership with Allah in the decision where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hashr 59 verse 7 وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُدُوهُ And you know nowadays they are saying that they are taking Bukhari for shirk. Don't you hear this? Now, and whatsoever the Messenger Muhammad gives you, take it, and whatsoever he forbids you, abstain from it and fear Allah. So this is their third shubha crumbling by the will of Allah. So we stop here and inshallah we'll deal with the fourth, the fifth and the sixth misconception uh, tomorrow inshallah ta'ala. Suffice for tonight. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.